Hi, welcome to another episode of Mr. B and McKee. I'm Mr. B. I'm McKee. And today we're going to be reviewing the Star Wars Anthology series. So for those of you who don't know, the Star Wars Anthology series is comprised of two films as of yet. Solo and Rogue One. Rogue One coming out in 2016 and Solo coming out in 2018. So Jackson, what was your initial feel of these two movies as a whole? I feel like they both tied in very well. I liked... I thought that Rogue One tied in very nicely to the beginning of A New Hope, which was nice. And I thought that Solo, while a little more disjointed from the others, did provide good information throughout. Yeah, and I, I definitely, I'd like to pick up on you said about it, like tying into uh, A New Hope, Rogue One tying into A New Hope, because uh, I thought that was like a nice little surprise at the end. But we'll get into that later. So let's start with Rogue One. And I wanted to talk about the best aspect I thought of that this movie is that it is one of those rare films where I think it achieved visual perfection. It is a feast for the eyes. Almost every shot you could hang up in a museum. I think it's like the visual effects are amazing and the CGI is fantastic. The deep fakes are, uh, they draw the back a little bit on the visual effects. But for the most part, uh, this film, I think is not give enough credit for how visually immersive it is. Uh, and then I also thought that the costumes and the set pieces really added to that visual um, core of this movie. Also, the plot is very focused. It's definitely very concise. It knows what it wants to be. It's kind of a mix between a spy thriller and a war epic. And... Uh, also, the music is so good. It's underrated. Michael Giacchino definitely derives from John Williams' original score, but it's not in a way that it's too derivative. He takes a lot of freedom with it, and I just thought that was excellent. And also, I want to talk about the action. It's creative in that it's different than Star Wars films because this was the first film that we didn't get necessarily a real lightsaber fight. There's that scene with Darth Vader at the end, but... Uh, for the most part, there's no lightsaber action. So it's mostly hand-to-hand combat mixed with blaster fire. And I just thought that was a nice little breath of fresh air in the Star Wars universe. So what did you think about Rogue One as of the good aspects? I agree with everything you said. I also want to say the, the acting was great. I didn't think that anyone was like lacking in any sense of the term. Everything was good. From Galen Erso, he feels... It's very obvious he regrets everything he did for the Empire. And Krennic is great. He seems like this ruthless guy. He's willing to kill everyone, pretty much. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn was definitely a standout for me in this one. Yeah. And I also liked the the friendships between, say, K2SO and Cassian Andor. Like, it's very clear they've been working together for a long time. They know what to expect from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think the actors' chemistry, Alan Tudyk and um, Diego Luna, their chemistry, I think, really helps elevate that friendship. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a good duo. There's a lot of good duos in there because you got Jin and Andor, Andor and K2SO, the two that you described. And then you have this these um, opposite relationships from that, from friendships to, like, kind of enemies when you have um, Grand Moff Tarkin and Krennic, who Grand Moff Tarkin is trying to take credit for what, um, or sorry, Moff Tarkin is trying to take credit for what Krennic has made, and then Darth Vader is kind of scolding Krennic, and I thought that was a little interesting uh, dynamic to have in there. 
I also thought, speaking off of your dynamic point, the dynamic between Krennic and Urso, Galen, was really good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very clear they know each other. They're used to talking to each other. They've been friends. They were clearly friends at one point. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like I don't really want to fight you, but I know that what you're doing is wrong, and I have to stop you. Yeah, definitely. And then, so let's go into the negative aspects. But first, I wanted to talk about a little bit of a mixed um, aspect for the movie for me, is that it moves at a very brisk pace. And you can interpret that two ways. You can interpret it as a bad thing, that they're rushing it, or you can turn interpret that as, oh, cool, they're going to... They're moving at a steady pace, and that's what you kind of want from a film. For instance, they visit four planets in under 15 minutes. And that's like... That's a lot for even a Star Wars film. And also, it has a very different tone, a very darker tone than any um, Star Wars movie. There's not a lot of jokes. There's not a lot of witty humor. There's some sprinkled throughout, but not too much. So you definitely get a more mature Star Wars film. Yeah. I mean, especially with such as the Darth Vader scene. He's just going through and mauling literally everyone in that room. That was... Oh, my gosh. It's definitely... Not as dark as, say, the ending to episode three, but it's definitely like some of the elements that made that such a um, kind of more mature Star Wars film. So I want to get into the negative aspects. So what would you think? Negative? I would say that it did feel a little rushed at some points. I felt like, I, as you said earlier, the effects on Moff Tarkin and Leia looked bad. Like, it was very obvious they just superimposed that on and didn't... You can. It looks like a video game character. You can tell that they're not real, which is because they're both dead. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, I appreciate the idea of it, but I don't think the execution, like, paid off. Yeah. And also, I didn't like everybody dying at the end. Mm. I was like, that, I don't like that you end a movie like that. Sometimes I know it's like really good when the main character dies, but I didn't like it in this one. I liked pretty much everyone in this movie, except for Krennic, but I didn't want them all to die. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's an interesting point. So for me, I kind of disagree with you. I thought the characters are very boring and bland and very uncompelling. And the movie has been criticized for being as such, but... In my uh, own opinion, it's just that they're not developed enough. I mean, K2SO, I think, is the exception. He gets a, a good bit of development, but other than, but he's not, like, the biggest character. And though the cast is very good with Felicity Jones and Ben Mendelsohn being standouts for me, it's just not enough to give these characters the depth that they deserve. And I think that's interesting that uh, Disney Plus is going to explore Andor's character because, for me, he was the, like, most underwhelming but other than that, there's this theme about the rebellion kind of being as bad as the Empire, whether you have uh, Andor shooting the one guy he's in the back, basically, at the beginning. It kind of adds to this odd feeling that the rebellion is not as righteous as it claims. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of conflicts with the ending because the rebellion gets the Death Star plans. And you're like, okay, so we've established that they're not much better than the Empire, but now they're having the plans? I, it confuses me. I think it conflicts with the message of the film. 
And the theme of them being Rogue One, a rogue rebellion group, it helps deliver on the theme, and then it's undone because the plans are given to the rebellion. Because it's not... Because the rebellion hasn't been shown to change at all. I, I thought that was a little strange. Yeah, no. Like, to add to that point, they literally sent Cassian with to shoot Galen. Yes, They didn't exactly. send him there to get him in any way. Huh? They and said, I shoot him on sight. It's not a question. It's a command. Mm -hmm. Shoot him. Yes, and it's like higher command is as not necessarily corrupt but cruel as like some M imperials are and i also thought that the film kind of relies a little too much on nostalgia and the film uses its uh identity as a star wars film a little too much and some of the scenes are a little unnecessary like the darth vader scene uh with krennic not at the end but the one where he's confronting krennic it adds very little to the plot, and you could cut it out, and it would mean nothing. Uh, and I just thought that was a little frustrating, because you have Darth Vader in a movie. You should use him a little bit better. Of course, they have the end scene, which was awesome, but other than that. And then the character deaths that you described, uh, they're not developed enough so that they are killed off in a way that is impactful to the audience we barely know these characters so it kind of feels weird to, to kill them off like that i understand that you kind of have to kill them off for continuity but i mean it's their choice to start a new hope right after this one yeah i, was I would say the only death that i really felt was like oh like i was like i felt bad everybody died mm -hmm. but the one that i was like oh come on dude you didn't have to do that. Was K2SO. Yes, because K2SO, I feel like, was, as I said before, the most developed and the most likable. All the other characters feel dry to me. Yeah, like, he was funny. Like, he had the, like, just great timing for jokes, such as, like, the, you're letting her keep the gun? And he's, like, just a real, I enjoyed watching him. Every scene he was in, he stole the show, and then he just gets shot. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that has to kind of to do with the tone of the movie. He is not adhering to the tone necessarily. The, the, the film is a more dark movie. Not necessarily like the darkest movie, of course, but it's a little dark. And so K2SO is a nice little comic relief. So I think that that helps the audience kind of connect with him more. So let's move on to Solo. And my general thoughts about this movie is that it's nothing special. It was plagued by so many um, production... Uh, mishaps and interference but it just and changes in production and it just comes out as just another dumb space movie it doesn't even resemble star wars to me it's kind of it's not even kind of it's a bad movie i would say so let's move into it a little dive deeper what did you think was good about this movie what i thought was good was i want to this i'll get into this a little bit more later but i thought that some of the acting was really good, such as Dryden, Paul Bettany's Dryden, Dryden Voss, and I thought Tobias Beckett was okay. Han Solo, Alden, I don't want to butcher his Alden last. Ehrenreich. That Alden, is a hard name to pronounce. Alden Ehrenreich did a good job. He had very, I felt he had good chemistry with Amelia Clark throughout. Mm -hmm. I also liked Donald Glover in this. I thought he was very good. I thought it embodied everything Billy D. Williams had done in the original trilogy. And also, I said 
that I thought that it was a not, I liked the transition from kind of more dry action scenes to progressively getting more vi- more action-esque. Yes, more vibrant, I think. Yes. That, yeah, I definitely agree. And it's definitely a little bit more of a vehicle-based action. You have a lot of space fights, a lot of... There's a car chase at the in the beginning, and I thought that was a little nice change of pace. Uh, so for me... I don't, there's not much for me to say that's good about this movie. I actually don't have much to say about this movie that's good at all. I think the acting was a standout for me. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich, I think, did the best job, actually. He's no Han Solo, per se, but he makes the performance his own. He's not trying to do a Harrison Ford impression, and I appreciated that. I didn't go into it thinking I was going to really like the guy who played Han Solo, but he, he pleased me. He wasn't... Um, as bad as I thought it was going to be, I think he did a good job. And the film, it's not as, it's not the caliber that Rogue One was in terms of visual effects, but it is very pleasing to the eye. It's colorful, and I think the costumes were pretty good, but it's it was nothing special. So let's move into the negative. I thought that the characters were super inconsequential. You. Got, they were killed off before you could care about them. For the instance, uh, Rio, who was played by John Favreau, he's a nice little addition at the beginning. And then they kill him off. And I'm like, I like this character, and you're killing him off before I can get to know him. And I thought that was weird. He was like, and he was the comic relief of this movie. I would say the comic relief of this movie, at too. At least the beginning, yeah. Yeah, like that scene in the military. He's like, I watched you use two of your hands to pull your pants up. You're not fooling me. Yeah. And I also don't know what they were going for with L3. She's insufferable, and I, it's some sort of pol- political allegory, but I can't define what it is. Yeah, I didn't like L3 at all. Like, I didn't like how political she seemed. Like, it's very mm-hmm. obvious she's meant to be a political figure. Yeah, and the weird thing is, it's fine if that's what you want to make your movie about. I'm not going to necessarily like it as much, but at least clearly define what your allegory represents it made no sense to me and also the relationship between l3 and lando is so weird i don't understand what was going on (laughs) let's just put it at that but but the bigger problem for me is that for a solo film a movie about han solo it doesn't feel like a han solo film there's no character arc for han solo he's the same as at the beginning as he is at the end. There's barely any change except for there's a little um, change in his relationship with Kira, and that's it. And we don't even meet Kira in the next film, so it feels very inconsequential. And he's also not really fighting anyone. Dryden Voss seems more of a villain for Kira than he does for Solo. And then Enfys Ness, that dumb little twist that she's not a bad guy, that they, they actually... I feel like they did it again in Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. In uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character, Talos. They, uh, they're very similar. But it, it feels like there's no opposition to Han Solo. I feel like he's a background character in his own movie. And also, the film just drags in the middle. The prison riot and the Kessel Run sequence are individually good, but right on top of each other in the middle, they... It just, they cancel each other out for me. 
they're just really boring. I think it was way too long. I think if they had done the Kessel Run sequence in, and kept the prison riot out, I think that would have helped the film a lot. And I just feel like overall they, it seemed like they were more interested in making a sequel than they were making a movie on hand because this film was actually intended to be the first in a Han Solo trilogy. And when you're focusing more on the next film than on the film at hand, it's not going to work out. This film has no stakes, it has no urgency, and it's an utter mess for me. I would also say, it, as I said, or as I kind of mentioned earlier, it's very dry at the beginning. Like The action is very dry. It's very much, Han Solo, how did we get here? And also, I did not like the ending. I didn't like that they kind of offhandedly referenced Jabba the Hutt, right? That's who they were referencing when he said, yeah. He's like, I have a crime boss. They're going to put together a big job. This and you know, show that it's sequel job. bait. Yeah, it's literally sequel bait. It's it, it, it's um it's shameful to be honest. And I uh, what you said about towards the beginning where it was being dry, and you get sort of these answers to the questions nobody was asking. Where did Han Solo get his name from? Nobody cares. It's better to like think that his name is actually Han Solo. And where his gun came from, it, it, it's, it's, it, nobody was asking these questions. But overall, this just feels like an inconsequential trip into the Star Wars universe. It feels very disjointed from the rest of it. I agree. But overall, these, for me, for me, Rogue One is the positive film and so is the negative film. So they kind of cancel each other out. And so this little series, it doesn't really play a big part for me. So I'm going to ask you this. Which one would you rather watch again? Oh, I'd definitely rather watch Rogue One. Solo is watchable. I will give it that, but nothing special. It's not a great movie. But Rogue One, on the other hand, even if you don't like some of the uh, plot in characters which I can understand visually I think it captures you and I think that if the Jungle Book hadn't come out on 2016 the same year as Rogue One I think Rogue One should have won best visual effects because it is gorgeous it's a gorgeous film so as a film to relate to sort of these two films what recommendation for a movie would you give our viewers for Rogue One, if you're looking for a movie with good character developed with good with what I thought were good characters, Tommy disagreed, but I thought were good characters and it makes a logical plot and it's pretty action based. I would say the movie Collateral is very good. It's Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is a taxi driver. Tom Cruise is a hitman. They meet each other and Tom Cruise just kind of forces him into doing everything. Both characters are very well written. And the plot makes sense. It's not like this is an unnecessary movie going all over the place. It's very concise. It's very straightforward. And it makes a lot of sense throughout. So that's my recommendation for Rogue One. What about you? For Solo, I think that the movie that did well what Solo failed at has to be Baby Driver. I think that it's kind of, you have the mentorship from Kevin Spacey to Ansel Elgort. And you have this sort of crook, but he's kind of trying to leave uh, the criminal life that he has. I think it does a lot of stuff that Solo 
did wrong, I think Baby Driver does well. And so I think that if you're looking for a good solo film, go watch Baby Driver. And if you want a good Rogue One film, go watch Collateral. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Mr. B and McKee. Catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Mr. B and McKee is a product of the Marist Podcasting Club. It is produced by William Fenstermacher and hosted by Tommy Bizzuto and Jackson McKee. Executive producers also William Fenstermacher. Senior engineers Tyler Morgan. The theme song is The Duel by Benjamin Tissot, used under the Creative Commons 4 license. Find it at incomptech.com or linked on our website. The views expressed here are the views of the hosts and panelists and do not reflect the views of Marist School or the Society of Marist.